0: KRCL 90.9 FM HD1 Salt Lake City Ogden Provo 96.7 FM in Park City and on the web at krcl.org. KRCL would like to thank Third Sun Productions, Woodbine Food Hall and Rooftop Bar, and the Egyptian Theater in Park City for issuing challenge grants during our fall radiothon. And we'd also like to thank our listeners for supporting local businesses.
1: Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru.
2: I'm Rashawn Leak, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Thanks for plugging into your community with me tonight. And tonight on Roundtable Tuesday edition of the show, we have Day of the Dead with KRCL's night Stereos, my back or dia de las muerta because i just got schooled off air y'all so i'm back (laughs) uh we we didn't get a special guest no singers tonight but ma's about to kill it with some poems she about to drop it i'm getting my clicks i'm I'm stretching my fingers out and i'm getting my clicks already (laughs) as we talked about earlier today is the first day of november which is native american heritage month And joining us to talk about it and get a sneak peek at tomorrow night's Black Bold and Brilliant conversation about the Land Back movement, we'll have Living the Circle of Life's host, Valene MC and Dave John joining us. And on top of that, Dave Dave has arranged for a Zoom conversation with Nick Tilson of Indian Collective. Now that's an indigenous led organization dedicated to building indigenous power through organizing, activism, philanthropy, grant making, capacity building, and narrative change, they are creating sustainable solutions on indigenous terms. And if that excited you like it excited me reading it, y'all better tune in. But first, we have a land acknowledgement with our own Valine. And I'm
3: Valine MC, and we at KRCL, we acknowledge that KRCL is located and broadcasts on Native American shared territories of the Goshute, Navajo, Paiute, Shoshone, and Ute people. We honor the original ancestors of this land and also offer respect to other tribal communities. We acknowledge this history to cultivate respect for and advocate with our Indigenous peoples, communities that are still connected to this land, and all my relations and to all of our relatives
2: oh I l- thank you valine thank, thank you. you i love that what up laura how Hi. you doing lady
0: you know i'm so excited for this show we've paired some great folks together and we're coming from uh dia de los muertos
2: oh, okay. to I like native that pronunciation.
0: Am- native american <laughs> heritage month and there is an intersection there yes there is there's an intersection between the land back movement and reparations So hold on, folks, we're just getting started, but rallies and resources. And I wanted to start with, do you know where your ballot is?
2: I do know where my ballot (laughs) is. My ballot is sitting there just, just waiting. Mm -hmm. So I'm still doing a little research. We're still, some of the things are still piling, you know, we're still getting a little text messages. I've, I've been having fun, Laura. I've been, so, so I. I don't. I don't like the texts I've been receiving. It's real. I. I don't want to use slanderous, but I'm using the word slanderous. Are you
0: getting politicians' oh, texts yeah, or is your te- friends?
2: Yeah, no politicians. So okay. I just been. <laughs> I just been texting them back. Oh, have you? Uh, I know I'm not gonna get a response, <laughs> but it makes me feel better on the just inside. To say
0: this number does not uh, take I'm re- like,
2: <laughs> this is ridiculous. You expect me yeah. to vote for you? Speaking that hate, spewing well, that hate.
0: Well, one thing I would recommend is you listen entirely through the ad if you're seeing it online mm-hmm. and it c- pops up in your feed or in your streaming or on your television watching and wait till the end part where it says paid, paid for, for by," yep and that'll tell you and something like,
2: mm, not yeah. mm, you're not getting yeah. my tax, taxpayer mm, and, mm.
0: well today was the last day to request a replacement ballot for midterm elections in utah and i wanted to give you all a couple other uh, dates to be mindful of of course November eighth is General Election that's right, Day. That's right. I heard a major outlet say something incorrect. So let me be clear: your ballot must be postmarked by the day before, before the, the election. That is the that's seventh. That's the seventh. So that is the seventh. That's if Monday.
2: Next Monday, right? Yep. Today's the yep. yep.
0: So if if you still have it in your hands after close of business on Monday the 7th, take it to a Mm Dropbox. Take it to a voting center. And, of course, you can vote on Election Day if you have not registered because we have same-day voter registration. Uh, You're going to ask for a provisional ballot. You need to take two forms of ID. All that info is at vote.utah.gov. But Utah has 29 counties, 29 clerks, election Mm -hmm. clerks. You can go to your county office and vote in person early voting underway is um, that the
2: only way to, that's the only way to get the sticker though i mean because that's what we really care about yeah, let's, you see, should, let's you be honest here, you know
0: i didn't check my ballot to yeah, see if they
2: slipped yeah, one gotta in there i voted you know how yeah, do you yeah. I know
3: about yeah. it's true and then you put it on your social media because yeah, then exactly. it's super it, official it, it, now
2: they know you know i it. left
3: it on a
0: jacket once one year and like christmas i'm like i can't get that out
2: Uh-oh. oh that's part of the jacket now, <laughs> now Laura.
0: But, folks, uh, your vote matters. Absolutely. So regardless of
2: who you vote for, your vote matters. Yeah.
0: So, I uh, just want you to be mindful of that. Where is your ballot? And uh, it is Dia de los Muertos. And there is something kind of related I want to talk about. That's Film Mexico. And maybe Mock Ma and Phyllis in, in a bit. But it's coming up next week. I think it starts November 10th. And uh, it's at Salt Lake Film Society, some great films curated Mm. um, out of or by uh, Spanish language uh, directors, actors, et cetera. So that is happening in our community. And if you haven't kept your eyes open around town, there's Ofrendas. Yes. If you haven't been to Ma's house, there's one there. (laughs) A Mestizo has one. They did some in uh, the Grateful Tomato Garden, I believe, with their... um, their bilingual program, they did them in the garden, so that's on 800 South and 600 East, but uh, Ma's gonna explain what that is, and she's also brought some poetry. All right, let's talk some uh, Native American Heritage Month issues to bring to light. Getting my notes here. November 11th at the Redwood campus, Redwood Road campus of Salt Lake Community College at 5 p.m. is a round dance, and you know what? If you tune into Living the Circle of Life, Sundays from 7 to 10, Uh, You're going to get all the latest uh, community updates related to, by, and for the Native American community. I know I heard this one on Living the Circle already, and Valene and Dave, I'm sure, will fill us Mm -hmm. in. There's Rock Your Mox, which is a social media campaign, but I know Valene knows more about that happening in mid-November. So stick around for How to Rock Your Mocks.
2: Should we uh, talk about our, mu- our our own Music Meets Movies? Yes, please. Rumble. If you have, uh, I'm just putting this out there. Yep. If you have yet to see Rumble, mm-hmm. first of all, I don't want to know you, but that's neither here <laughs> nor there. <laughs> what? But second that's of all, harsh. that movie. Uh, that is harsh. I, okay, I take it back. I want to know you. We would like you to I, come uh, to yeah, Music Meets but, Movies. But there is, yes. there is, this movie is, is next level badassery Uh this is there's one it's just so eye-opening to realize that we have been we've been done a great disservice Mm -hmm. by not knowing that all of these these indigenous artists are out there and they are part of our mainstream music Uh and we just haven't been haven't been privy yeah. to it, and it's time to change that.
0: Okay, so Thursday, November tenth, Rumble, the Indians who rocked the world. It was a Sundance pick a couple yeah, years back.
3: It was
2: good.
0: It's twenty one plus because it's at Brewie's, folks. One screening only. Tickets at six thirty. Movie at seven thirty. I believe Valine, MC, and Dave are going to be there. as I, well, Yeah, meet
2: our own. Yeah. That's right. I think uh, I know Dave's been signing autographs. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, you know. I don't want to throw him out. Put it out there, but he might be signing <laughs> autographs if y'all Easter did, y'all. <laughs>
0: But, uh, yeah, you're going to want to get there early to make sure you get a seat because we're just doing one screening. But uh, it's a great documentary. I, I know um, Valine really enjoyed it. I haven't talked to Dave about it, so I'll have to get uh, his take his take on to it. Ta- yeah. But they do a great job on living the circle of life of bringing uh, – Traditional music mm-hmm. to the air, but also finding the latest folks making music in the Native American
2: community I, I was I was telling uh, Valine off air they have changed the way I listen to the radio oh on, yeah? Thursdays. On, yeah, s- uh, on, on Thursdays Yeah, on Sundays yeah. and I'm all, like, I mean, I'm normally uh, all the time KRC yeah. a listener anyway, just have it on all yeah, the time. but now I wake up a little early and when Sundays, I'm cleaning up the yeah. house I'm rocking out because mm-hmm. it's just I mean, they're just blowing yeah. my ears away, and I'm yeah. loving it.
0: On Thursday, November 17th at UMOKA, the Museum, Utah Museum of Contemporary Art in downtown Salt Lake City, it is punk pan-Indian romantic comedy, a performance by Greg Deal. He's been on this show before, talking about all sorts of things uh, through art and the Native American perspective. So here's the description, though. Let me let me set you up for this, Rashawn. All right. Punk pan Indian romantic comedy focuses on the music that has moved artist Greg Deal throughout his life, speaking in stories and antidotes that follow a timeline of struggle, survival, and ultimately healing through the power of music, a work that is upsetting, dramatic, and at times pretty funny, outlines the way music has affected Deal's life from his earliest memories to the present and how it's influenced his ideas, his artistic work, and his voice. He does some powerful stuff. And uh, it sounds like music meets acting. It sounds so. like
2: everybody should be trying to figure out how they can go. Because that, yeah. I, I'm like, did I, th- is he yeah. speaking specifically to me?
0: Yeah, check rallies and resources, but also tonight's show notes for that. Oh, I forgot, I meant to start with this one. On Friday, um, Restoring Ancestral Winds is hosting Rekindling Harmony and Balance Indigenous Healing from Trauma Annual Conference. It's 10.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Salt Lake City Library Auditorium. Do check out our show notes, but also rallies and resources for more details. Sound good?
2: That sounds great.
0: Okay, it's time for Ma Black, host of KRCL's Night Estadio. How
4: are you? I am so happy to be here, Laura. Thanks for having me. I was at your house recently, and Mm -hmm. you were just getting started on your ofrenda, which is which is uh, the way that we honor our ancestors, the way we remember them, and the way we celebrate life and death because they both go hand in hand, mm-hmm. we like it or not. Yeah, you brought some music for us too, and
0: this is La Bruja, mm-hmm. and it's why don't you pronounce the artist for me so I don't if do I can you have. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> butcher. Yes, it.
4: and this song is called La Bruja by Tlen Wincani and Lino Chavez. One of them is one of our indigenous people, Tlen Wincani. And we're already talking about the intersection mm-hmm. of. Uh, Hispanic culture and Native American culture.
0: You want to talk about that?
4: Absolutely. And I'm so happy that this show just magically happened. Uh Right. Um, This celebration goes back to uh, rituals that the Aztec people. Uh Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. Yes. And it just came all together when the Spanish invaders said, oh, we're going to put something on top of your already traditions, and we're going to call it the All Souls Day, or Día de Todos los Santos. So back in the 1500s, this fusion of these two cultures, our Aztec people and our invaders, kind of was born a celebration of death and life. And Día de los Muertos, today for the Mexican people, it just helps us honor our aunt's our grandparents, our children, yeah. or anybody that has past um, close friends. Yeah, uh, it's pretty close to home. Lots of cultures
0: have similar traditions, but with Coco mm. in mm. particular, mm-hmm. it's really come to the forefront, I feel like, here in the States. Yeah. Um, what is it that uh, myself, as someone who isn't Hispanic or Latino or Latina, what do we not
4: understand? It's more than just a party. Ex- absolutely. Um, One of the things that I've heard over the years is that Dia de los Muertos is not our Mexican Halloween. And that's the Mm. first thing. But I I always like to talk about what it is and what is not, right? And talking about Coco, I think they did a fantastic job at introducing in a more uh, festive way a tradition and Coco, by the way, a Pixar gross movie, uh, did over $800 million. Wow. And counting. I'm sure yeah. it's still ticking up, yeah. right? I feel a second Coco coming, and I, I love mean, the idea. Yes, I do. Yes. It was on replay at our house. My boys couldn't get oh, enough. They,
2: we still we still watch <laughs> Absolutely.
4: it. It is such a good movie to introduce to the children another mm. culture and explain to them that it's not a trick-or-treat Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, also for that next generation after
0: immigrating to mm-hmm. the, the States, I, like your own kids, was it part of your upbringing when you were raising them?
4: Um, did they go, oh, do we have to do this part of our culture, mom? So, you know what? A funny thing happened with uh, some of the Mexican people that move here like me when I was a teenager. I was 18. I wanted to have Halloween in Mexico. I was mm-hmm. like, I want to go trick or treat. and. I did not have an altar or an ofrenda in my house. But something happens when you move to this country. You miss home so much Mm -hmm. that you truly embrace your identity or of this bicultural experience. And since I can remember, I had an altar in my house, and now it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I always invite my children and explain to them what it means, why I put the bread or the veladoras, the candles, and they need to be white, so I, I wish that the new generations and with a movie like Coco, I think it just wakens that curiosity of why. Why do they paint their faces like skulls and stuff? So
2: Right. And, I, so, and I, I guess that's kind of my question. Like in this world, this new world that we find ourselves in with, you know, the term cultural appropriation mm-hmm. being thrown around constantly. And then you have a movie like Coco. like how do you feel like do you is that something in your culture that you want to share or is it you
4: know what i mean like i know exactly what you mean and i'm so happy you brought this up because over the years laura i had had people that send me messages and say hey we want to celebrate day of the dead these are uh caucasian friends from Mm -hmm. utah And we want to paint our faces and we want to ask you if that would be disrespectful. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful when they do that because it opens an opportunity to have those conversations and just really motivate them to find out what it means. Tell your family what this means and then do it respectfully. It's not a costume. It's a tradition. Well, I'm remembering up at the Capitol, the La Llorona, um, was it a
0: parade? What did we call it a couple of years ago where you were really exploring that, a bunch of folks were, yes. and celebrating it. And it was an opportunity to come together and, and learn in, um, and gain knowledge mm-hmm. as opposed to the ignorance that we some mm-hmm. of us saw mm-hmm. on a viral video that's in the news about some teens in Cedar City and blackface. We're not
4: going to go there. We're really. going to keep this positive no. mm, yes. on Absolutely. I think, Laura, um, this country has a fantastic way of uh, capitalizing everything. Mm-hmm. So they see an opportunity of putting skulls everywhere and call it, every, everybody's calling now Day of the Dead at the Utah Jazz. Day yeah. of the Dead. And I'm like, yeah. that's what we do. Oh, that's We're it, <laughs> that we, we capitalists, Yeah, right? capitalist society. And, and I mean, I'm happy that people are like, oh, this is a cool thing to do, but... I would really invite you to dig in why we put the skulls in our faces, why we have sugar skulls, why we do what we do. And once you know, you're going to love love it even more all right tell us why I okay. was just gonna, yeah <laughs> so day and of the why d- and sugar yes day of the dead combines the ancient aztec like we talked before and it is purely a catholic tradition that merges with the entire world vision of mesoamerica mm. this ancient tradition is celebrated mostly in mexico and it's a joyful time that helps people remember their disease their families we Add and incorporate a lot of elements to the altar day by day. And Val, you were just asking me. Well, does it start on the twenty eighth? It actually, if you want to go by the book, it does start on October twenty eighth. And you add little elements day by day. Food, but flowers, food, flower, a glass with gla- water because the the, the the souls are tired from uh-huh. coming from the from mixed land, the the underworld, and they need to rest. But the most important thing is to remember to put things that your loved ones loved. That's what I was going to ask. Their favorite dish. Or if they like tequila, you put a little, you know, tequila bottle. Mm-hmm. Or if they play an instrument, mm-hmm. you can add a guitar. Or if that person always carries a favorite book with them, add it to the altar. Give it that personal touch. And photos. And pho- oh, that's well, the most. Yeah. I- that's the most important thing to put those photos. And you want to use a photo that's happy because it's mm-hmm. a time to celebrate their life. It's mm-hmm. actually. Joyful. It is very joyful. As opposed to the sorrow yes. when they pass. Yes. For example, this year I uh, added Sarah Johnson to my altar. Oh. And Sarah with a P. Sarah with a P and Margarita Satini. And they both have the activist buttons. Sarah had one with her fist up in the air. And I added uh, one for Margarita that said, uh Uh, burn feeling the burn because she was a big Mm, yeah anyway um and it was very emotional putting together the elements that reminded me of them like the matches and the t-rex for sarah and but it also brought me joy to know that they are still here we are keeping their memory alive and on the first of november answering your question val the souls come back to visit us And the 1st of November is reserved for the children that pass. And the 2nd of November is more focused on the adults. So that's why we are here tonight. Yes. Having this
0: conversation. But there's so much more about this this period and the culture. And we wanted to bring in some poetry as well. And you brought me some music for that as well. What's this song right here? I've got it. Yes. Dia de los Muertos, So,
4: this is a great entire album. If you really want to immerse in the music and just set the mood at your house, get this album from Eric Miller. It's called Day of the Death or Dia de los Muertos. All right.
0: Pushing the right button now. Yes, you
4: are. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to share that without knowing this is a Native American poem. Ties in. So, I'm trying not to cry. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond glints on the snow. I am the sunlight on the rippling grain. I am the gentle autumn's rain. When you awaken in the morning hush, I am the swift, uplifting rush of quiet birds in circle flight. I am the soft stars that shine at night. Do not stand in my grave and cry. I am not there. I did not die. What is death? What is death? It is the glass of life broken into a thousand pieces where the soul disperses like perfume from a flask into the silence of the eternal night. Mm. Ah. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> oh,
3: me too. Oh. <laughs> breath, so everybody.
0: there's something uh, in, in Japanese, there's haiku. Yes. In mm. Spanish language it's called?
4: A calaverita. Did you write something? I did not.
0: Uh, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so explain
4: what that is. A calaverita is something so wonderful that when you were a little child, you would be taken to the mercado or a farmer's market, and there would be this older people with typewriters, and you would tell them your name. My name is Ma, and they will write a little funny satirical like black humor, and then they will type it, they will put your name on a sugar skull and And then you would have your calaverita and your skull and go home. And it's just, uh, you know, make it very individual Mm -hmm. and unique experience. And you can write about anything and about, you know, it could be funny. It could be uh, kind of mean, but not too mean. But the idea is for you to get closer to the idea that we are all heading there. We're all going to die one day. And I think Mexicans embrace death to remember that they need to live Mm
0: -hmm. fully because
4: you don't know when she's coming. She's always unexpected. She comes alone, but always leaves with company.
0: So what have you seen around our community this
4: year that you want to highlight or say next year we gotta? I have been impressed by the way Old Town, Ogden, big shout out to you. They have done such an amazing job at embracing the culture and the tradition in such a respectful, mm. celebra- celebration way, yeah. Laura. They did a festival and then I missed the one on Saturday. Mm. And from the pictures, it had everything: it had yeah. the big skulls, it had the car show, and the car shows were used as an altar oh, wow. it was just amazing and I just want to thank everybody that's truly uh, embracing this tradition and doing it in a respectful way keep doing it please keep doing it and I have some ideas for next year that I would love to kind of like put together a little thing and just yeah have this you know be more welcoming to everybody if people are like oh I don't know it's kind of scary or weird I invite you to, you know, do a little more research about why Day of the Dead. Well, we now have 12 months Mm -hmm. to start planning,
0: get our committee (laughs) together. Thank you so much for coming down, Ma. Did we hit everything that we wanted to chat about? We sure did, Film Mexico. I forgot to circle back to you about that. Mexico. Film Film Mexico. Mexico, Yes. Thank
4: you for for going back to that. Salt Lake Film Society. Yes. So, the red carpet is November the 10th at the Tower, and Film Mexico is so excited because we've been doing this two years on Zoom. Yeah. So, oh, wow. this year is going to be very, very important because we're back in person. Mm-hmm. They are bringing 10 films, Laura. All of them will have subtitles in um, English, Okay. but I love the fact that some of them are in some of our indigenous languages, like Zapoteco, Mixteco, Sotzil. Celtal, and we even have a silent movie all of these films are created produced directed by mexicanos so please come support our stories um and i, I i'm just so excited i love them we mm-hmm. will put that Absolutely. in the show notes and i think we're also going to try and do
0: some more on radioactive about film mexico so Stick around, stay tuned, keep
4: plugging into your community. And Ma, when is your show Night Estadio here on KRCL? You can tune in every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Come and fly with me and listen to Music Without Borders, Musica Sin Fronteras, and Night Estadio. Wonderful. So when we come back,
0: we're going to get into Native American Heritage Month with our fellow KRCL hosts, Dave John, and Valine M.C., and, of course, The Indian Collective on Zoom. I just saw them join, so we'll be getting that shortly. But I thought, you know, I can't not play Lila Downs. You cannot. (laughs) In town last week. And oh my gosh, Blue. I'm getting goosebumps just remembering the show, Ma. So here's La Giorona from Lila Downs on KRCL. Take it away.
1: Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Love Promise a partnership with local nonprofit organizations to support and strengthen our community. Now accepting applications for 2023 nonprofit partnerships. More information on Mark Miller Subaru's love promise and application process at MarkMillerSubaru.com
0: gathers food, clothing, and medicine donations for Navajo elders living traditionally on the land. To learn more about the nonprofit and its 33rd Annual Navajo Rug Show and Sale online November 11th, visit anelder.org.
2: There was a song came on the radio, a guitar instrumental, and it changed everything.
3: Music Meets Movies continues Thursday, November 10th with award-winning film Rumble, The Indians Who Rock the World. Rumble is a documentary about the far too often overlooked influence indigenous musicians had and still have on popular music in North America. Figuring out that these people were Indians,
0: and then we started to ask ourselves, why didn't anyone else know that? From
1: Charlie Patton to Link Gray. Bobby Robinson invented the genre. Jimmy Henderson, the best in his field. Jesse Davis, everybody wanted him. Well, that's interesting, isn't it?
3: Rumble, the Indians who rock the world November 10th at Bruby's in Salt Lake. One screening only. Tickets at the door at 6.30 p.m., movie at 7.30 p.m. And Dave, John, and me, Valley and MC, will be there. More information at krcl.org.
2: Welcome back to KRCL and Roundtable Tuesday. I'm Rashawn Leak. Coming up, we have Democracy Now! at 7 p.m. with Amy Goodman. Connor in a Late Night Lowdown at 8 p.m. Super Sounds with Chovy at 10.30. And wrap it all around in the morning again, we have John Florence Starts a Brand New Day. But let's get into it. So I'm excited about this panel, y'all. So we have, we already heard Ma. She just killed it with the poems and the music. And now we have Valine M.C., and Dave John, host of our own Living the Circle of Life on Native American Heritage Month. And really, I mean, this is an opportunity to talk about, one, the Land Back Movement, talk about Native Heritage Month. And just, you know, and then Dave was so fortunate to get us Nick Tilson. And so first, welcome, Valine and welcome, Dave. Hey,
3: hey. Yeah. Hey, thanks for
5: <laughs> having us on. Absolutely. Of
2: course. And and Dave, you want to give us a little, a little bit about uh, Nick and introduce him as well?
5: Uh, yeah, um, Nick Tilson. He's a CEO, CEO, and also president of uh, NDN Collective. A lot of people <laughs> wonder about that. You know, they just mm-hmm. see initials, but when you pronounce it right, you know, people will hear NDN. Sure. Yeah. Just, just, so, so y'all can't see this, but uh, Dave is staring.
2: He's staring me down right now when he let me when he gave me that education lesson, y'all. <laughs>
5: You're getting Hey, uh, You know tonight. what?
2: I'm all for it. Always. If you're know, if, if you not learning, you're not living. That's what I say. Yeah. I just started that right now.
0: <laughs> Before we fully dive in, I have one question for our panel um, here, and that's how you feel about Native American Heritage Month. I know I've asked you how you feel about Black History Month mm-hmm. in the past. Hey, it's a month. But how do you feel about that individually? Because you end up representing a lot of the Native American community in Utah, given that you're the host of Living the Circle of Life. Eileen, Dave.
3: I think for me, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of a two sides to the coin. It's a beautiful celebration. I'm Alaska Native, so there is always a part where you're like, oh, can we just like kind of carrot that in there, and Alaska Native? Mm-hmm. But I get the gist, I see what they're saying. Um, it's a beautiful time to celebrate culture um, issues that we're activists that are involved in that we're pushing forward. And it's also around election. And so yeah. that's when we're looking at a lot of our Indigenous um, representatives that are on the ballots and being conscious of that. Um, and then also the other side of it too is I don't think anybody really talks about this. We talk about it behind the curtain. So I'm kind of going to pull that back. Pull that sometimes it's exhausting
2: mm-hmm.
3: especially as a student because the university and you're like well you want to get that on your resume you would volunteered for this volunteered for that you did that and then sometimes it's just straight exhausting because this is all volunteer work and we're still trying to balance school career family and standing with our people yeah and so there's there's um kind of two sides to it and you can ask like i just know <laughs> some of um at the At Salt Lake Community College, where I go to school, when Native American Heritage Month comes, we're excited to share culture, activities, events, powwow, round dance that's coming up. And then the other part of it is we have to check in on each other's mental health. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. You don't have to always say yes. It's okay to say no. And your people are still being loved and taken care of. And nobody really talks about that part. And I don't mean to sound like a Debbie Downer here. Not at all. I'm just trying to be honest and be real of it's a beautiful time to celebrate. But what kind of like what Ma Black was saying, it would be so much more amazing to pull people in. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate together. If that yeah. does that make sense? Yeah,
2: I, I have a follow up question that do you do you feel like it's also kind of exhausting because if if our curriculum was doing education properly word we it's don't need a black history month or a native a native heritage month because it it american history is native history native history is it, black history is it so if we were doing our history properly Beautiful. you don't need to peel off hey it's it's <laughs> november y'all here's Here's your, here's your month. We don't have to exhaust yeah, the resources that bring it. that
3: forward. And I totally agree with that because that's asking the bigger question. And, and then that, that's what's hard about it because when people talk about critical race theory, it's like you can call it that or you can call it truth. It's just time to let truth breathe mm-hmm. and stand with that. Um, but, yeah, I totally agree with Sean. That's a beautiful point is if we were doing our job, then it would be more celebratory. So, I don't know, is Pixar going to come out with a movie? I'll wait for it. Dave John, what do you think about the month?
5: Well, it's nice that, you know, we do have one month where everybody listens. But, you know, we still got 11 months of where people go deaf, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's nice that we celebrate November for this issue. Um, But, you know, Natives are fighting all year round, Mm -hmm. 24-7 one way or another. So it's nice that we get recognized. Uh, earlier today, I was at another round table with uh, Mayor Mendenhall.
0: Salt Lake City Mayor, Aaron Mendenhall.
5: Mm-hmm. And um, we've had uh, indigenous people from all different groups, uh, Urban Indian Center, uh, Title VI, uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, Utah Dene BK, um, and it was nice because, um, you know, yeah, we could have start talking about, you know, issues that she hasn't done or, you know, mm-hmm. and one of the good subjects that was brought up was, you know, when they come to us and ask us about how things are going or what do you want, they don't know the frustrations that we've been holding back all this time. So when they ask us that they always think, oh, that's one pissed off ending, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and Did I make you sign the no swearing? <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's just the thing because they're dealing with all that frustration yeah. and we just need to release it. Even though, you know, that it's nice that we can get started off, you know, kind of go past that and just start getting to the issues. And that's just the thing, you know, it's, communications even within our own uh indigenous community you know uh, I see lack of communication and that's why a lot of stuff doesn't get done Uh, but it's always good uh, at this round table a lot of people uh, all the indigenous at that table they they noticed they needed uh, this communications within the indigenous groups you know didn't matter who they were because everybody has something to bring to the table.
2: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, D- so Dave, let's let's get into it. So, who who did you bring on here? Who who is Nick Tilson? Uh, Nick Tilson, I met him uh, a few
5: years back uh, through PANDOS, and uh, which is Peaceful Advocates for Native Dialogue and Organizing Support, and they had an incident with some of the unsheltered relatives out there. And they started a camp, Camp Mini uh, through with uh, Mark Tilson, Gene Roach, and Cheryl Angel. Uh, Just this group that they uh, put up teepees uh, in Rapid City to kind of get the unsheltered, you know, out of the snow because the storm was coming Mm -hmm. in that day. And, of course, law law enforcement came, told them they had to take down the teepees and... So, except for one was left up and, but after, I think it was uh, seven people that are, yeah, seven people that got arrested. And after that, um, they asked the tribes out there, uh, the Cheyenne River, Rosebud, and Pine Ridge, because they have uh, little spots of land all through Rapid City, so they set up this um, camp and yeah, one of the videos I was watching, uh, I noticed when they were serving food, they just had a table. First thing that popped in my mind was, hey, they need a mess tent, you know. And, yeah, so we looked up a mess tent. We found an Army tent. I think it was like 18 by 36. Um, had a couple of holes, but it was still good. It wasn't too hard to patch up. So we went out there and at the same time, I was having this um, COVID uh, mobile unit that I was putting together and found some people that they could use these testing kits out there because there was a motel, they were putting the positives in there. And yeah, so we ended up uh, getting a, a COVID mobile unit out there, but also with Mark Tilson and Nick, uh, yeah, they they did, a good job with this camp I mean yeah they they had it to the unsheltered you know could come and you know um stay out of the cold nice. and so but then also too um they also deal with a lot of uh, issues out there in Rapid City and one of them was when Trump was coming to Mount Rushmore and so that's kind of like the first time I heard about Land Back and yeah, then uh, Nick got arrested. Well, I'll let him uh, kind
1: of fill that in, too.
0: Well, he's unmuted, and I think we have him now on Zoom. Hi, Nick Tilson. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on this, ne- this evening.
2: Of course. Welcome. Welcome to the show. It's a, it's a pleasure having you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm calling in here from the Hisafa, the Black Hills, uh, Lakota, Oshetishakoi lands out here in the, in the Black Hills.
0: So tell us about the Indian Collective, first of all, what that is, and then let's get to the story of you getting arrested that Dave John was just starting to allude to with Mount Rushmore and all of that. How old is the Indian Collective and what do you do?
1: Yeah. So Indian Collective, we're, you know, we're, we're coming up on five years, uh, five years old, uh, our, we're, we're, a, we're an organization, um, uh, made up of hundred percent indigenous people, uh, dedicated to building indigenous power in investing into indigenous self-determination. And mm. we do that through grant making, we do that through lending, we do that through activism and community development. Um, and we, a, and, and we do it, um, through narrative building and community organizing as well. So we're sort of an ecosystem organization. That's a toolbox for indigenous communities. And we exclusively only in, in, in support and invest into indigenous led efforts because we're all about indigenous self-determination because we believe indigenous people armed with the resources um, needed, have the ability to be the architects of their own future and fight for their liberation. And so it's part of our job to resource the support um, along with the fact that we're doing that work on the ground in our own community as well. Yeah. Wow, uh, that, that, well,
2: thank you. Uh, okay, so I was on your website and I saw I saw one of the things that jumped out to me was one of the quotes, and it might have been something I heard when I was uh, watching a video, and it said, "Our vision has to be as our vision has to be as great as the as the challenges we are faced with." And so, what is that vision when it's all said and done? What does success fully look like for, for the for the movement?
1: Well, I mean, I think when we talk about indigenous liberation and we talk about this a lot in the land back movement is there's huge amounts of challenges facing indigenous people everywhere, you know, everything from our unsheltered relatives to the income and equality gap in this country where, you know, for every $1 that a white person has an indigenous person has 8 cents. Um, to the over-incarceration rates, to the poverty rates, to the life expectancy. And I think that these are huge challenges, right? Um, but as we fight for our liberation, we have to envision a future where we are overcoming those challenges. And we have to build new systems that are founded in indigenous culture, languages, ceremonies, life ways. But while we're doing that, we, we also have to dismantle and tear down many of the systems of white supremacy and power that perpetuates these things in our community. And so when I think about all of the things that has been taken from Indian people throughout the history of this country, this movement is about reclaiming some of those things, building new indigenous food systems, building housing to shelter our people, creating jobs that are not exploitive, but actually create opportunities for us to provide jobs for ourselves and create roles in society to provide for our families, rebuilding indigenous trade routes and economies. And one of the big one is the return of indigenous lands back into indigenous hands. Because as we return indigenous lands back into indi- indigenous hands, it makes this dream possible. It makes it it makes it a possible path forward, and I think that as we're in a we're in a global, you know, crisis with climate change, and the reality is that like 80% of the biodiversity that is left in this world is left into the hands and the control of indigenous people, and that's not a surprise, and so. The return of indigenous lands back into indigenous hands and the indigenous people continuing to be the, the, the caretakers and stewards of these lands. It's also a response to, the, to a climate crisis as well, while trying to achieve, achieve racial justice in this country. So this is like the vision. I mean, I, I, I see a vision that indigenous people become the, the caretakers of this land. And it's good, not just for indigenous people, but it's good for everybody.
2: 100 percent 100 percent and i feel like when you talk about land back and then and then i hear mount rushmore and and you you know obviously president trump at the time using this for a photo op it makes perfect sense that this is a time to to show up and, and then show them this is this is not yours this you know while you have these faces on there this is not your land
0: what's the story yeah. with you and mount rushmore personally
1: yeah i mean so 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 you know in 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 its shortest version you know the lakota people in the fight for the black hills is one of the longest existing legal battles for land in the history of the uh, of the american uh, in the history of the united states and um it's one of the few struggles that actually made it all the way to the supreme court and the supreme court ruled in fact that The violation of the Treaty of 1868 and the stealing of the Black Hills was one of the most gross violations uh, of the Constitution of the United States in the history of this country. But instead of returning the the land, they tried to give us a penny on the dollars for it. And and, and the Lakotas have refused, um, across the board, to ever accept any money for the stealing of the Black Hills. And in 1980, these trust funds were created that were about $110 million. And today, those have grown up over and up to about a billion dollars. And, um, and so, because, because the Black Hills is, is the spiritual center for our people and, you know, to take, um, a sacred site, because prior to the existence of Mount Rushmore, this, this sacred site was called six grandfathers. Mm-hmm. And they took this sacred site and they, after they violated the treaties and after the Black Hills Gold Rush, they then, you know, created Mount Rushmore. Um, and the faces of, of this, you know, of, of these colonizers who are responsible for the raping, murdering, you know, and stealing of indigenous people and the erosion of our human rights. Um, so it is the ultimate symbol of white supremacy and racial injustice and racial inequality. And so when you think about, when you think about, um, this country actually referring to Mount Rushmore as the shrine of democracy, we actually think about it as the shrine of hypocrisy. And it's a symbol of injustice and white supremacy and racism. And so you know, if you rewind, we're in 2022 now, we're getting ready to go into an election. But in the summer of 2020, you're talking about, you know, a month and a half after the, de- the death of George Floyd. Um, in, you know, an absolute uprising that was happening, where a third of the American population took to the streets. In a, in a global pandemic, um, the President of the United States, Donald Trump decided to lean into racism at that time and to try to create a comeback tour to uh, wrestle up his base um, to try to you know maintain control of the White House. And so you know he went to Tulsa on June t- uh, you know around the, around the time of Juneteenth and then he announced he was coming to Mount Rushmore. And so we came together, um, you know, Indian collectives headquartered here in the Black Hills. We came together and said something very straightforward. How do we as indigenous people at this particular moment in history, how do we stand in solidarity with the black liberation movement that is happening around the country and the rise up after the death of George Floyd, while at the same time leaning in to, the um, leaning into the issues that are so close to our people. Because at this time you imagine across the country, there was Confederate flags being taken down. There was statues of Columbus being toppled. And yet the president of the United States was gonna come here to the heart of the Oshetishakoui in one of the longest battles in in the history of the country. And Mount Rushmore, is not a statue that can be toppled. The only way to achieve justice in this situation is land back. And so it was our opportunity to contextualize this moment in history, reignite the fight for the Black Hills, and um, reintroduce, you know, the land back narrative uh, to the American people at a historical moment in this country. And so. You know, we we disrupted um, the celebration at Mount, Ru- Mount Rushmore by mobilizing our community and blocking the road, and blocking the road so that it wasn't possible for people to get up there. Um, the president of the United States actually had to take a helicopter to get to Mount Rushmore because they because they couldn't take the road. Um, and. We blocked that road, and it was a powerful day for our people. And there was about 21 of us that were arrested. And um, and it was a pretty historical action and a historical day that they actually did accomplish its goals, because that action did reignite the fight here locally for the Black Hills, and it sparked, you know, continued to spark the con- the national conversation about what does justice and equity look like? How is this country going to get itself right with its responsibilities that it's owed to native people? And for us, you cannot have that conversation about racial justice or racial equality with indigenous people, unless you start the conversation about land back and the return of indigenous lands back into indigenous hands. And if you're not ready to have that conversation, then Quite frankly, you're not ready to talk about true justice.
5: Yeah, and also, um, you went to court on this, too. And can you let us, the listeners, know what happened with that?
1: Yeah, you know, historically, it's what they do, right? They try to use the legal system against you. And, you know, from that action, um, they actually charged me. Uh, They charged me with three misdemeanors and four felonies. Um, and over the past two and a half years, I've been fighting almost 17 years in prison, uh, for taking this action. And, um, and so, uh, in the process of this, we have went to court a handful of times, um, to deal with the, the parameters of the case. And I actually, at one point, um, you know, arrived at a deal with the prosecutors. Uh, to To put some community service in. And this was about a year and a half ago. Um, and what happened was after I announced that I had struck this deal and that the reason for this deal being struck was because, because we made it so unpopular for po- folks to prosecute me um, that it backed the prosecutors in the corner. They didn't like that. And they pulled the deal. And when they pulled the deal, they actually violated my rights. And so we sued them. We sued them um, for um, for abuse of the powers of the prosecutor and for violation of my uh, free speech rights. And even after filing those, a local judge didn't didn't think that that's what actually happened. Um, and so I backed to square one and, um, my goal is I think I'll eventually end up at probably the same deal or a better deal because, uh, you know, I think that it's clear that the charges that have come from the Mount Rushmore incident were racially and politically motivated, uh, from the get go. And there's not a whole lot for them to stand on. So we'll see where that lands. I think we're, we're in the tail end of it, hopefully. Um, but we could still go to trial i don't know yet i i want to also say
2: congratulations on the launching of your your uh, magazine uh and so if you want to what what is the magazine i know we touched on the name of it but what what are what are you hoping to get by launching your own magazine yeah
1: i mean you know every movement needs a zine right there we go i was hoping <laughs> you said it <laughs> Uh, you know what i'm saying like we got to continue to provide political analysis and political contextualization of our movement and we got to continue to have this effort to bring our people along and the lineback team here at Indian collective has worked really hard to provide political analysis to educate our people to spark conversation and having a magazine allows us to do that you know um we are all we all, we all have lived experience in this struggle. And so having a zine and having a magazine that allows us to continue to have these debates and have these conversations sharpen our political spear as we work towards liberation is key.
2: Absolutely. Where So I know there's only a thousand copies that are gonna be printed for this zine. So if people are interested, one, what's the socials? Where are they gonna find you?
1: they can find us at Indian collective uh, at Indian collective on face on Facebook, Instagram, um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, and, uh, in Twitter. And we are pushing those magazines out there. We also like did something pretty creative in this too, where we, we did a bunch of pre-orders and like, I think the pre-orders of the magazine sold out in like 30 hours or less. Um, and then we made partnership agreements, um, with movement and Native American owned bookstores and publishers Nice. and, um, so to lift up their businesses, right. And continue to build that network of where these are, are available. Um, and so we just launched the magazine the other day, um, we expect we're going to sell out again. Um, but also they'll be available um, via these different businesses, which will actually use our platforms to promote their businesses too. And their amazing work as bookstores and publishers and stuff.
2: I, I love that. Nick, I, I feel like I could keep talking to you for hours, brother, but, uh, but I know you're busy, man. And we got to let you go. So thank you so much for spending
1: time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, and you know, big, big, big shout outs here from the Hesop and the Black Hills from uh Osheti Shakoli in Lakota lands.
2: Thank you so much, brother. Take care.
0: Nick Tilson from the Indian Collective. Check tonight's show notes for a link and see if you can pick up one of the zines. Before, I know. They hot. They Good luck.
2: Yeah. Good luck.
0: Well, uh Dave John, valine MC, just a couple minutes left, and we wanted to cycle back to some more events for Native American Heritage Month. Uh, Who's going first? So
3: we have the American Indian Services, their uh, 2022 Mock Walk, and it steps for scholarships to support Native American students uh, seeking higher education. So that's going to be November 5th, 10 a.m., and it's going to be in Bluffdale at the Wardle Fields Regional Park. And if you want more info, you could go to mockwalk.org.
5: Also, too, uh, we had um, Chama Jensen on to talk about the Mokwok, so you can go to krcl.org and yeah, go on demand and you'll be able to hear the interview with uh, Chama.
0: The last two weeks of any show online at krcl.org, click on the programs tab to listen on demand. You also had a, uh, an art market you wanted to shout
5: out. Oh yeah, the American Indian uh, Winter Arts Market at the U of U at the Union Ballroom. Uh, the Utah Division of Indian Affairs, and uh, will be hosting this show. Uh, it'll be Saturday, uh, December 3rd, and Sunday, December 4th. Uh, Saturday will be 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. So,
0: also, you can tune in Sundays, 7 7 to to 10 10 a.m., (laughs) y'all. Living the Circle of Life. When do you typically do community updates during the show? Is it the 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock hour?
3: Between the 8 and 9 o'clock hour for my show. All
0: right. And uh, folks can also email you. We have Living the Circle of Life. At at krcl.org. All right. This is just the beginning. We're going to be back next Tuesday with more for Native American Heritage Month. Dave, John, and Valine, MC. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Rashawn.
0: Uh, Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of
2: course. Thank you for being here.
0: And that is Radioactive Roundtable Tuesday. It was
2: good. You know what, Laura? I'll tell you what. We'll end on this. I I look for a day. I look forward to the day when we no longer need Native Heritage Month and we no longer need Black History Month because we are educating our people properly. There is nothing wrong with understanding someone else's culture. There is nothing wrong with learning. There is nothing to be afraid of. The more you learn, the, the more you know. Don't be scared, y'all.
0: <laughs> reading is fundamental.
2: And I'm going to end it again. reading is fundamental. <laughs> Thanks, That's everybody. That's weeks in a row now, Laura. True, history, <laughs>
5: true history,
2: true history.
3: True history. KRCL, Salt Lake City.